0: the past few months, reporter Scott Patterson has been talking to a geologist named Lamont Leatherman.
1: You sort of think of him as the ideal of a sort of grizzled geologist. He's a tall guy. He's wiry and a lot of fun to be around. He's funny.
0: Lamont Leatherman's story starts around 2009. He worked in gold mining and after the financial crisis.
1: Gold wasn't doing that well. And Lamont was in a conference in Toronto, and, you know, it was just dead. There was no excitement about anything except for this one speaker there who was talking about lithium. And the room was packed, he says, and everybody was really excited about lithium. And he just thought, lithium? It, well, why is that such a big deal?
0: It was a big deal because lithium makes a lot of the modern world work.
1: It's a key ingredient in these rechargeable batteries that are used in everything from your cell phone to gadgets in your house. But mainly, the big driver of demand in the next decade is going to come from electric vehicles.
0: Leatherman left that conference convinced that electric vehicles would cause lithium to boom. And he set out on an adventure that would involve an Australian financier, a race with China, and a massive contract with America's hottest electric car maker. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Linebaugh. It's Thursday, March 11th. Coming up on the show, the story behind one company that's part of a massive effort to bring the lithium market back to the U.S. Lithium may have been a big deal at that conference in Toronto, but it wasn't a big deal to Lamont Leatherman. He grew up around it. When he was a kid in North Carolina, he and his friends would have competitions for who could find the biggest chunks of it.
1: He remembers seeing all these rocks, you know, pebbles in his front yard and in the woods. And he remembered there's actually a lot of lithium back there.
0: How can you see it in a pebble?
1: There's a color to it. So you and I would look at a pebble, we just think that's a rock. Lamont would look at it and say, oh, there's spodumene there in that rock that, you know, that has lithium.
0: So when Leatherman heard of all this lithium enthusiasm, he saw a business opportunity.
1: So we went back to his hometown and started walking around in the woods looking for these rocks. And he found them all over the place, places where there appeared to be a lot of lithium. And he got his hands on some old... U.S. geological survey maps that had been put together decades ago when there actually was a lot of lithium being mined in the area.
0: This area of North Carolina is called Piedmont, and the region had once been the heart of America's lithium market.
1: The whole history of lithium mining in the United States goes back to that area in the Piedmont of North Carolina, where in the 1950s, the U.S. military started mining for lithium to get the ingredient they needed for use in nuclear bombs.
0: Why didn't the U.S. kind of continue in the lithium mining and refining business? Like, what went wrong?
1: For one thing, it's hard to open a mine up in America. There's a lot of red tape. It's expensive. And it wasn't really that popular. You know, it was used in glass and some other products. You know, it was used as a drug, for an antidepressant But it wasn't that big of an industry, and it wasn't that profitable to mine it in the U.S.
0: While the U.S. ended up stepping away from lithium, one country leaned into it. China. Using its low labor costs and loose environmental regulations, China kept lithium production going.
1: Recently, like the past 10, 15 years, China made a decisive move into all parts of the lithium-ion battery supply chain. The government could see that a lot more people in the country were going to be buying cars as more people moved into the middle class. And they made a decisive move. One thing with China that is different from America, obviously, is it's a centrally planned government. And it's a lot easier for them to do something like that instead of just waiting for the market to take care of it. And uh, they basically went out to all the places that you'd get these commodities for lithium-ion batteries and started making their presence felt.
0: Leatherman saw an opening for the U.S. to have a bigger presence in that lithium supply chain, right in his own childhood backyard. So he started talking to investors, telling them about the lithium deposits he found, trying to see if anyone was interested in getting a mine going. But then gas prices fell, and consumers went back to buying big cars and trucks, taking the wind out of the electric vehicle craze, and with it, lithium. The investors who initially wanted to help Leatherman got cold feet.
1: The investors aren't interested anymore, and to do a mine, you really need a lot of money. Uh, it's an expensive process. So, yeah, things fell out, and he re- returned to his home in Vancouver Island, uh, where he actually has a blueberry farm, and he, he was, you know, became a blueberry farmer for a few years.
0: Then one day, Leatherman got a call from a young, upbeat coal miner looking to make a deal. An Australian named Tasso Arima.
1: Tasso was a financier of mining operations. He'd come over to the United States around 2015, 2016, to work on a coal mining operation in Kentucky. But he started realizing there's just not a big future in coal. So he was thinking, well, what's gonna come next? If fossil fuels are getting phased out because of climate change, what else is out there that I should be looking into? So he he started looking into the ingredients of lithium ion batteries. And I guess he was just Googling on his computer for stories about lithium mining in the United States, and he came across an old story about Lamont Leatherman.
0: It was 2016. The buzz for lithium was back. Cutting down on carbon emissions had become a hot topic, and more electric vehicles, like Tesla's Model 3, were coming on the market. And this coal-mining Australian wanted in.
1: So Tasso called Lamont up, and Lamont took him into the woods. And his favorite activity, pointing at rocks, and showed him all these untapped deposits are just lying here on the ground. There's a lot here. And Tasso gets very excited very quickly. He is a pretty enthusiastic person.
0: About a month after the two guys connected, they started a new venture, Piedmont Lithium Limited, a company focused on developing a U.S.-based lithium supply.
1: The first task they had for them was to start to get land. They started visiting families and communities, trying to tie up land, buy property, rent some property. So they were first doing a lot of meetings, and they slowly put together this site that they could market as a potential mine.
0: This time, Leatherman's timing was spot on.
1: The lithium market really booms around 2017, 2018. It had been stagnant for a while but the you know, hot money really started pouring in. And one of the things about the lithium market is it's tiny. It's not a giant commodity like oil or gold or coal. So you don't need a lot of money to make it go up.
0: What was their dynamic like, Lamont and Tasso?
1: Well, I think Lamont is kind of the wise old country gentleman. And Tasso, who's in his 30s, is the sort of eager young whippersnapper, snapper. <laughs> who seems like he just wants to charge ahead. So they they do make an interesting contrast.
0: The contrast worked. Piedmont started raising money, making deals, bringing on new people, and trying to get its lithium mine up and running. But with a market that didn't take a lot to go up, it also doesn't take a lot to come down. Producers of lithium struggled to calibrate the supply to the demand.
1: China was just pumping lithium out into the world at a faster and faster rate. So you had more lithium coming into the market than was really required by the production of the lithium-ion battery industry. It just got a little ahead of itself. So prices fell again, and the lithium market was just dead. Prices were on a floor, and they weren't coming up. And the people I talked to in the lithium industry were just baffled. They couldn't figure out... Why prices weren't going up.
0: A lot of companies similar to Piedmont failed.
1: You had hundreds of companies, lithium miners, that had started up uh, with big dreams, just like Piedmont, that went bust. But Piedmont didn't. They managed to pull through that period.
0: How Piedmont made it through and found itself at one end of an incredible deal. That's after the break.
2: This episode is brought to you by Indeed. Hiring with Indeed, your search is over. With over 350 million global monthly visitors and candidate matching technology, Indeed helps you find quality candidates fast. As a listener of this show, Indeed is giving you a £100 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash the journal pod. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: After prices cratered in 2019, many lithium companies were going out of business. But Piedmont was able to stay above water.
1: They didn't have a lot of overhead. They really kept the business small. They were working in a place that's not too expensive to operate. They were in North Carolina. (laughs) You know, if you go to some remote place in Bolivia or Argentina, that's expensive. It takes a lot of money just to be there and... They're hard to operate in, and they're also hard to get to. They're up in mountains and, you know, in jungles and places like that.
0: Piedmont had a lithium that promised to be especially efficient and was 45 minutes from Charlotte, North Carolina. And maybe most critical of all, Arima and Leatherman were at an early point in their development. So throughout 2019 and 2020, Piedmont kept growing.
1: They were meeting with... Investors, they do all sorts of studies, they get permits, they were meeting with landowners in the area to tie up land for their prospective mine. They're drilling. And that's something I saw. I I went out there and met with the team and they took me out into the woods and showed me a drilling rig where they're, you know, drilling this uh, pipe hundreds of meters into the ground, trying to map out where the lithium is under the ground.
0: Piedmont kept building out this infrastructure. And then they hit the jackpot. Piedmont signed a five-year contract to provide Tesla with one-third of the lithium it needs to power its batteries.
1: It was a shock to everybody. Tesla comes out and says, they're signing a deal for little old Piedmont to supply them lithium in a couple of years. And it just, you know, it put Piedmont on the map because They were suddenly in business with the biggest electric vehicle company in the United States, worth hundreds of billions of dollars. Tesla thought that they had a lot of potential.
0: So a Vancouver blueberry farmer goes to a conference in Toronto, gets a lithium itch, and now has identified where there's lithium and is on the precipice of turning that into his ticket to the moon.
1: Yeah, Piedmont stock soared. It went up from around 11 bucks a share to I think now it's around 75 a share. They're worth a billion dollars now.: This is the dream of any geologist who gets into
0: exploration is hitting it big with a mine.: This deal with Tesla did more than give a big boost to Piedmont. It proved that a whole new market could exist, a market of American lithium which has implications well beyond Leatherman and Piedmont.
1: We see them as being emblematic of this coming wave of efforts and companies and the federal government trying to encourage companies to operate in the United States, to set up mining businesses or refining businesses, to lock down that supply chain, to get enough that you know, we're not going to be at the mercy of China for the future of our automobile industry.
0: What are the risks of being at the mercy of China?
1: If the core ingredient of the vehicles, of the batteries, are being produced in a country like China, that means there's a threat to the supply chain. You know, if there's some kind of conflict with China and we're dependent on them for this key ingredient in cars, that's a problem. The risk is that we don't control our own supply chain for a critical industry like the automotive industry. And not just automotive industry, cell phones, household gadgets, increasingly trucks. I mean, they're talking about powering airplanes with lithium-ion batteries. It's the technology of the future for so many industries. And if we don't have some percentage, some share of that production, that's a vulnerability, It's a strategic vulnerability for the United States.
0: Is there more that the government should do to try to address that vulnerability?
1: The Biden administration has said that climate change is going to be one of the top priorities. And they're hiring people in all parts of the federal government to try to turn the spending power of the federal government and the military towards putting money into industry, clean technology industry, that can help solve this problem. So, yes, there's a lot they can do. The spending power of the U.S. federal government is massive. And there's all signs that they are actively going in that direction.
0: At the end of last month, President Biden signed an executive order to secure supply chains across the country. That order identified electric vehicle batteries as a critical industry. And that could spur more lithium production here in the U.S.
1: Piedmont Small, the amount of lithium that they can produce out of that site isn't going to solve the United States' lithium problem. The United States is going to need more companies like Piedmont Lithium, and I think they're coming. You know, there were literally hundreds of exploration companies going around the world trying to find a good lithium deposit a couple years ago, and a lot of them went out of business. I have a feeling a lot are going to be jumping in again. You know, it's probably going to be another gold rush.
0: That's all for today, Thursday, March 11th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in today's episode by Amrit Ramkumar. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.